And on the good days, I remind myself that being overweight doesn't make me a bad person or a failure or any less of a wife or a mom or a friend. And maybe, just maybe, my 50s, the next decade, will be proof that the best is yet to come. And whether that's with or without a piece of chocolate in my hand. Working women, how many things are you expected to do on a daily basis? Between walking those 10,000 steps, hydrating, making plant-based meals for our family, Pinterest-worthy lunches for our kids, spectacular date nights for our husband, and let's not forget, climbing that corporate ladder, we're asked to do these things each and every day. So much so that often it feels like we are trying to balance on the high wire of life. So welcome to the High Wire Woman podcast, hosted by me, Rosanna Brary. I'm an immigration lawyer, a mother to a teenage son, a wife, and an entrepreneur who truly believes that working women can have it all. Join me as I interview other high-achieving women, and together, let's learn about the skills and the fortitude that we need to create the happy, prosperous, and balanced life we so richly deserve. Hello, High Wire Woman. I'm actually recording this on Halloween. This is not a spooky episode. Don't turn it off. I don't do spooky. It just happened to fall this time of the week. Normally, I do my episodes on Tuesdays, but figured we'd switch it up a little bit. End of October. Here we go. November and gratitude and all that good stuff. But yeah, so I decided to call this episode Losing Weight, My Epic Failure of the Last 10 Years. Yep, this is a warning. This is my no hold back, get vulnerable podcast. I've gone back and forth all day about whether I actually wanted to do this or not, but I think it's, it's important. It's definitely filled with stuff I don't like to talk about, stuff that makes me feel bad about myself, makes me feel like a failure, but is important to share because we all go through these things. But like my best friend, Darlene, always says, I'll deny saying any of this in a court of law. I'll claim insanity or insanity by too much chocolate if anyone asks me about this episode. So anyway, here we go. Losing weight, epic failure for my last 10 years. I'll be turning 50 in January. Two short months, super excited, having a baller party. 50 is a new 30 for me. Every day is a gift. I can't wait to start another decade. I don't care if I'm 50. As long as I'm alive, who cares? And, you know, these are milestone birthdays. And so I can't help but think back to when I turned 40. And almost 10 years ago, I was excited to turn 40. Things were really different 10 years ago for me. My mom, she was still alive. She was very sick. She had Parkinson's disease. She had dementia. She was in rough shape. But she was still very much alive on my 40th birthday in January of 2012. Salvatore was six years old. He loved cartoons, Pokemon, and peaches. He was, and of course still is, my everything. He was just less mouthy than he is now and less sarcastic. And he didn't know everything then like he does now at the ripe old age of 15. But turning 40 for me was a very tough, terrible, awful, horrible year. My beloved mother and my best friend passed away on July 14th, 2012. Her struggle with Parkinson's finally ended. She was no longer in pain. She's no longer suffering. However, for me, that was when very deep, horrible, gut-wrenching grief and pain really began. Even though she was sick for a lot of years and I knew she wouldn't make it until she was 90, her death took my breath away and I haven't fully recovered from it and I won't ever and that's okay. 
living without my mom is like living without my right arm. There's a constant void in my life. No money, no amount of success, no vacation, no purse, no perfect house, no flowers can fill the void that she left behind. She loved me unconditionally and she was my greatest fan. She never said an unkind word, unkind word to me, except once she did tell me that my meatloaf was dry and she always believed in me. There isn't a day that goes by that she doesn't cross my mind at least five times a day. I miss her every single day. You know, they say with great love comes great loss. And if you've never lost a loved one that was close to you, it's hard to understand. And I used to think, God, what's that person's problem? Just get over it. But you can't get over that type of love. So then, don't worry, stay with me. This will all come together. Then in November of 2012, when I was 40 years old and like 10 months, the bottom fell out from underneath me. I was diagnosed with breast cancer the same year that my mom had passed away. I had a routine mammogram that revealed two small tumors in my right breast. The radiologist said it was like finding two snowflakes in a blizzard. Thank God the doctor had the knowledge and the skill to see them. So on December 18th of that terrible year, 2012, I underwent a bilateral mastectomy, and reconstruction surgery. Seven days before my first Christmas without my mom. Really tough times for sure. I can't really think too closely about it. I don't know how I actually got through it. I think it was just a lot of prayer and adrenaline. But I was lucky though. I didn't have to undergo chemo or radiation. My diagnosis was really good and I'm forever grateful. But 40 was a cruel year, a really awful, terrible year. One of the worst. And the beginning of a really difficult problem. First, how was I supposed to live without my mom? Really? Like, how is this even possible? I was a mom at the time and couldn't even comprehend how to live without one. Even though my mom was sick, she was still there for me. There, in quotes, there, in the only way she knew how. She just listened, squeezed my hand. She was so happy for me when she was in my house in June that year for Salvatore's sixth birthday party. I painted our living room this really bold, like robin egg blue color and accented it with chocolate brown. And she came in in her wheelchair and man, she was so happy. And that was the last birthday of his that she'll, that she'd ever attend. And even this year, every year, no matter what year it is or how old he is, his birthday is beautiful and painful all at the same time because she isn't there. But I digress. So living without my mom, of course, a huge problem. And then came another problem, gaining weight. First, it was gradual, four or five pounds in a year, not a big deal. After all, my mother passed away and I had cancer, for God's sake. What harm could a little chocolate or cake do? It was very little harm at the time. However, since that year, almost 10 years later, I've gained about 40 pounds. 40. 40. I'm five foot two. Holy crap. That's painful and even embarrassing to say. How the hell did I get here? I used to do aerobics three times a week in my 20s and 30s. So I was in really good shape. I ate whatever I wanted. Never had a weight problem. I used to wonder how I would look when I, quote, got fat, end quote. Yeah, wonder no more. I'm living and breathing it every day. And I know what to do. We all do. I know we're supposed to eat less, move more. It's really not that difficult. But for me and a whole lot of other people, it's impossible. Truly, like many others, I've tried many, many things. And I have spent a fortune on trying to lose weight. I've done Weight Watchers, Atkins, Beachbody. I did run a 5K, which I'm pretty proud of. 
did it once, won't ever need to do that again. I've hired fitness coaches, trainers, you name it, I've done it. And I've failed big time. I've not lost a single pound since 2012 when I turned 40 and my life fell apart. Now, don't get me wrong. The last 10 years have been great, actually truly amazing. I'm so fortunate every single day to be alive. My son was six years old when I lost my mom and was diagnosed with breast cancer. You know, in another universe, I may not be here, but I'm here here today. And, you know, I have a great career and amazing friends, a supportive husband, son, a beautiful home. We travel, we've done amazing things, great vacations, cool life experiences, truly, truly a great life. Except, here's the vulnerable part, spent a large part of every day hating myself and struggling with food. I know what to do. I just can't do it. There's always an excuse, right? There's a party, someone's birthday. Today's Halloween, of course. And tomorrow, we're celebrating something at the office that involves a cake. We live in a world where food's accessible 24-7. The pandemic has thrust DoorDash and Uber Eats into our daily existence. I don't really use either because they're super, super crazy expensive, but they're there. And it's just too easy. There's temptations everywhere. We live in a country where a lot of us, there's just food at our disposal at every twist and turn. There's food everywhere. And I struggle with this every day. I mean, first world problems, right? For the love of God, like half the people in the world don't have clean water and food. And here I am struggling because I have too much food. But sometimes I can't help but think, do I have the wrong kind of eating disorder? You know, the one where you feel bad about everything you eat, the one that makes you physically sick from overeating, but you can't stop. The one that calls you a failure for gaining, 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 and never losing. Yeah, that one. I think that's the one I have. I don't think there's a name for it. Maybe there is. It's the one I definitely have. I'm embarrassed to admit how much money I've wasted on trying to lose weight. Thousands of dollars easily. Weight loss surgery, looking pretty attractive these days. Why not? I've spent thousands of dollars for quote unquote coaches tell me to drink more water and write down my goals. Seems ridiculous, right? Only in America... Could someone get paid to render these, quote, services, air quote? People like me, the ones who struggle daily, will do or pay anything. But I've learned weight loss can't be bought. I guess it can if you're willing to go the surgery route. But even that's not guaranteed. There's lots of people that have had lap band surgery or gastric bypass and have had it reversed. For me, it can't be bought because it's tied to emotions. And for me, that's really what it boils down to. I know what to do but it's the emotion of food that's difficult to struggle with. So I look back and see how the hell did I get here? And I look back and, you know, my mom struggled with her weight after I was born. She was ahead of her times and gave birth to me when she was 36 years old. That was ancient in 1972. That was like somebody that was like 55 giving birth today. She didn't have a weight problem when she was younger. She was skinny mini. I've seen pictures of her. She looked amazing. She's beautiful. But like me, she gained it gradually. And over time, she was a size 18 at her heaviest. And I remember shopping for clothes for her. It was always hard. Money was an issue, but so was size. There wasn't a ton of stuff. And we'd walk through the mall and she'd point to other women and say to me, am I as fat as her? Do I look as heavy as she does? I didn't think anything of it at the time, but now I think about it all the time because I understand those questions. She wanted to know, do I look as bad as I feel? And I understand that now because I think those same thoughts. You know, food is important to us growing up. We're Italian. So food's the primary focus of every Italian family's existence. My mom cooked seven days a week. Absolutely hated it. But she did become a very good cook over time. 
She cooked because she had to. And I miss her food so much. Her scalloped potatoes. Oh my God. Her sauce, her cutlets. Man, do I miss her food. I don't even try to replicate it. It's just too painful. She was the best. She worked for 17 years in a nursing home cleaning the residents' rooms. The nursing home wasn't air conditioned. She cleaned at least 20 rooms a day, cleaning toilets, emptying garbage, cleaning sinks. That's backbreaking work. I sit at a desk all day and type emails and answer phone calls and talk to people. Seems pretty easy compared to what she was doing. And then she'd come home and she cooked dinner. There wasn't rotisserie chicken when I was growing up in the 80s. We didn't have money to order pizza. My parents were immigrants. We didn't do takeout once in a blue moon. We'd order a fish fry from the local seafood place. And that was like the best day ever. We never went out to dinner. We always ate at home. We brought sandwiches to school for lunch. We didn't even buy the school lunches. We didn't have any money. There was no DoorDash or anything of convenience at the Berardi household. My mom did it the old-fashioned way. She cooked. She hated it, but she did it. And one of my fondest memories of her was when I was in college and law school, I'd be sitting at my desk studying for hours. She'd always bring in a treat very, very quietly. Just come in, a cookie, piece of chocolate, brownie. And my mom loved sweets. She'd always have to have her coffee with a what she called a goodie, which was something sweet. And I definitely inherited her sweet tooth. So did my brother, who, unlike me, is in the top physical condition of his life at age 55 and hasn't gained a single pound in the last 10 years. But he's got a wicked sweet tooth too. And you know that bringing me the treats when I was studying, I don't hate her for that. I do the same thing for Solitaire now when he studies. I bring him chocolate chips in a cupcake liner. I don't know why. I don't know how that started. Or a cookie. Always something sweet. It's tradition. The variety women show their love through chocolate and sweets. A tradition that I will continue and I absolutely refuse to replace it with a kiwi or a bunch of grapes. No, not, not that. But holy crap, let's think about this. If I gain another 40 pounds in my 50s, I'll be well over 200 pounds. No bueno, not good. But I don't have any answers. This podcast isn't about how I struggled with this and found the solution. I don't have those answers. I don't eat less, move more, give up sugar. I've done all those things intermittently, but to no avail. Am I genetically hardwired to love sweets and be overweight like my mom was? I don't know. She lost a ton of weight when she got sick. She lost over 30 pounds when she was unable to cook for herself. You know, when I had moved out and got married and I was pregnant and then I had Salvatore, my mom, you know, got Parkinson's. She wasn't able to cook. She wasn't able to indulge in her sweets that she loved. And she died a shell of herself. I mean, she had a plethora of health problems. She had pericarditis, which is an infection of the heart. She had skin cancer. She had breast cancer, Parkinson's disease. Some of those could have been prevented by diet and exercise, but the big ones, probably not. So I'm an emotional eater and I might have some bad genes. Parkinson's is really scary stuff. Wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. It's a long, difficult, arduous disease. And also as a breast cancer survivor, no, I don't wear pink. I should be watching my weight. I know I should, but I'll tell you, after the last 10 years and probably more money than I care to admit, there are some things that I do right. I do drink a lot of water. Yay, me, finally. And I do exercise pretty regularly. I'd say at least twice a week, sometimes three in a good week. It's taken me 10 years to sign up and commit to these simple acts. 10 flipping years to drink water consistently and exercise. But there's also still a lot of things that I do wrong. I go out to eat a lot. We live in this world where there's food everywhere. 
It's convenient. It's easy to get it ordered. And there's always sweets in my life. I celebrate everything in my life. And there's usually food that accompanies it. My husband always jokes and asks, do you really work at a law firm? Because it looks like a bakery to me. There's always a cake. There's always cupcakes. There's always something there. So where does this leave me? I'm still super, super excited about turning 50. I can't wait. I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful. Where does this all mean? Where does it leave me? I miss my mom each and every day. And losing weight has been my biggest life failure. And it all started after she passed away and I got breast cancer. And maybe those two things are unrelated. Maybe just turning 40 slowed down my metabolism. I don't know. To me, they do seem related. And it's my biggest failure. I've done really, really hard things, really hard things. But I've been trying to lose weight for 10 years and can't do it. And that seems like forever. And on bad days, I lay into myself and I berate myself because it's 10 years. It's a decade for the love of God. I birthed a child, started a law firm, have done some really difficult things. I beat breast cancer. I went, underwent a mastectomy, which I say I got lucky and I just had a mastectomy. Believe me, getting a bilateral mastectomy is not an easy surgery. I did that. I recovered. I'm a champ. But there are days that I berate myself and say, man, 10 years. How can you not do this in 10 years? But then I remember that there are people who have been overweight since their childhood. They've been fighting this battle for decades. And somehow 10 years doesn't seem that bad compared to decades. My mom used to always tell me the best is yet to come. It was one of her favorite Frank Sinatra songs. It was her life motto. I have a sign over my desk that says the best is yet to come. And I believe it. And when I get down on myself or, you know, I get down on myself growing up or I'd suffer a bad breakup or a bad grade, my mom would just say, the best is yet to come. Best is yet to come. I know it. I know it. Just like Frank Sinatra says, the best is yet to come. And on the good days, I remind myself that being overweight doesn't make me a bad person or a failure or any less of a wife or a mom or a friend. And maybe, just maybe, my 50s, the next decade, will be proof that the best is yet to come. And whether that's with or without a piece of chocolate in my hand. Hi, Wire Woman. This is tough stuff. I chose to share this with you today because it's an internal battle that I face each and every day. I'm sure I'm not alone. I'm sure a lot of you are out there and I'm sure you struggle with the same issues and you just feel bad all the time. I tell people, stop feeling bad, stop feeling bad. I feel bad too. I wanted to share this with you. Not all that glitters is gold. There are really hard things going on in the background. Be kind to yourself. Do the best you can. Take a 10-minute walk if that's what makes you feel better. But until the next time, drink your water, move a little bit, and stay on that high wire. Thank you for listening to the High Wire Woman podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or others, I hope you'll share it with a friend so together we can all stay on that high wire of life. Make sure to subscribe or follow us on your favorite listening platform so you never miss an episode. And follow us on social media at High Wire Woman for more information. Until next time, I'm Rosanna Berardi. Be sure to stay on that high wire of life.